Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuhu from the podcast team at Qalam. We wanted to wish you a very blessed Ramadan. This month you can expect daily uploads that will include reflections, khatiras and khutbas all from our new campus Alhamdulillah. If you benefit from this content, please give generously at supportqalam.com. 100% of your donations goes towards the means of providing accessible Islamic knowledge to people around the world. Jazakumullah khairan for listening. Reality. He's the creator, we're the creation. He is the Lord, the Rabb, the master, the owner. And we are the ibad. I am the abd. I am the slave, I am the servant, I am the property. He's Malik, right? We say in every raka'ah, Malik yawmiddin. He's Malik. Then what does that make me? Mamluk. If he's the owner, then I'm the property. We understand that. And, and that's the first step of embracing this iman and this faith. And that's very important. And we're not here to argue with that at all. But what this ayah is giving us, and it's beautiful that it coincides here with the beginning of the month of Ramadan, it's giving us the next level, the next layer of that relationship. That yes, there is a relationship here of ownership, of master and servant, but there's also another layer to this relationship that is love, that is affiliation, that is association, that is friendship and loyalty and commitment and devotion and dedication. Think about how generous it is for Allah, right? Even if you think about it, and this is always a difficult task, because examples help to facilitate understanding. That's why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, كَذَلِكَ يَضْرِبُ اللَّهُ لِلنَّاسِ Right, this is why Allah gives you these kinds of examples. Why? لَعَلَّهُمْ يَحْتَدُونَ لَعَلَّكُمْ تَعْقِلُونَ So that they can figure things out, they can under, so you, that you can understand things. So examples are important because they facilitate understanding. But whenever we're talking about Allah, it's a challenging task. Why? وَلِلَّهِ الْمَثَلُ الْأَعْلَى For God is the most exalted of examples. لَيْسَ كَمِثْلِهِ شَيْءٍ There's nothing that even begins to compare to Allah. So whenever we give an example, we have to be mindful of the fact that nothing compares to Allah. But let's for a moment inter entertain just a relationship between two people. If there's someone of great stature and great status, whatever the arena is that appeals to a person, Maybe it's politics, so you're talking about the president of some country. Maybe it's sports, so you're talking about some star athlete. Whatever it is that, you know, appeals to you. If there's someone of very high stature, a world-class athlete, the best in his sport, and then there's just a normal fan, just a kid in the stands. And if that athlete puts his arm around that little kid just from the rafters from the stands and says, this is my friend. Think about the generosity. We all say, wow, what a nice guy. How generous is he? That he called this random kid his friend. When at best he's a fan. So that's between human beings. Now so far beyond that, think about the kindness and the graciousness of Allah. That Allah says, Allahu waliyul ladina amanu. Those who believe, Allah says, You are my friends. SubhanAllah. 
And what does it mean to be the friend of Allah? Ala inna awliya Allah la khawfun alayhim wa yahzanun. You never have anything to worry about ever again. If you are the friend of Allah, if you are close with Allah, you never have to worry about anything here, nor will you have to worry about anything there in the hereafter. You never have anything to worry about ever again. Now, what does Allah do for His friends? يُخْرِجُهُمْ مِنَ الظُّلُمَاتِ إِلَى النُّورِ Now, we're here at this very important concept that I alluded to yesterday as well, in the previous uh, you know, session, that there are, this is a constant example, parable, metaphor in the Qur'an. An-Nur and Dhulumat. Nur means light. And Nur is a metaphor for faith and iman and belief. Dhulumat is the plural of the word Dhulma. It means darkness. So this refers to either layers of darkness or as some of the commentators have mentioned, Imam Razi and Ibn Atiyah and others have said, that it means different angles or shades of darkness. That for some people it's the darkness of greed, for someone it's the darkness of lust, for someone it's the darkness of oppression, for someone it's the darkness of falsehood or lying and etc. etc. right? As they say, kind of pick your poison. Right? So different people have different trials and tribulations. In any case, Allah says, Dhulumat. Layers and layers or shades of darkness. And that is a metaphor for misguidance. Being lost. Being away from Allah. Literally, being away from the light. And that's why you're in darkness. And so Allah says here, Yukhrijuhum. What does Allah do for His friends? The people who believe. He pulls them out. Ikhraj literally means that he removes them. He pulls them out. He extracts them from the layers and layers of darkness, from all the angles and the shades of darkness. Ilan nur. Into the singular light. And that's why the concept of nur and light in the Quran is always singular. It's always singular. Because there's one light. And that is the light of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. There's one guidance and that is the guidance of Allah. There's one truth and that is Allah. He is haq. And so he pulls them into the light. And on the flip side, وَالَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا If somebody just refuses to Acknowledge Allah, believe in Allah, accept Allah, have faith in Allah, submit to Allah. وَالَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا Then someone else ends up befriending such people. Who befriends these people? At-Taghut. Taghut in the Arabic language comes from Tagha, which means to transgress, to cross the line and the limit, to become rebellious to go renegade. And this basically refers to evil. The forces of darkness and evil. So all those elements of evil and darkness and rebellion to Allah, they end up befriending that person. They claim those people. What do they do? يُخْرِجُونَهُمْ مِنَ النُّورِ They drag that person out 
they dragged that person out from the light into the layers and layers and shades and shades of darkness. And now, what exactly is this referring to? So there's two things here. Two, what, what we call, you know, in, in terminology, they say the misdaq. Right? What is, where does this apply? How can we see this in real life? So there are two examples of that that I'll share. There's probably more than we can even count and imagine. This is a Qur'an. It goes deeper than we can imagine, but two that I'll share with you. Number one, historically speaking, this is very fascinating. And again, I will try my best not to go too deep into the weeds, but stay with me. Historically speaking, the Prophet ﷺ is given the message of Islam. He brings it to the people. Where the Prophet ﷺ is, the region of Al-Hijaz, Mecca, Medina, that region, the Arabian Peninsula. There are two kinds of people there. There were two kinds of audiences for his message. The first audience were what, we, what the Qur'an calls Ahlul Kitab. These were people who believed in Judaism or Christianity. They were familiar with Adam and Ibrahim, with Musa salam. They believed in these prophets, the Jews up to Musa salam, the Christians all the way to Isa salam. They had some ancestral knowledge of revelation of prophets, of religion, right? They had some framework, some understanding. They believed in prophets, they believed in you know, the gospel, and they believed in the Torah, and so on and so forth. Then there was a second audience. The second audience were the Jahili Arab. Arabul Jahiliya. The Arabs who were idolat they were idolaters. They were idol worshippers. Alright, they worshipped idols. They had no ancestral knowledge. They had a few remnants. They knew the Kaaba was a special place. But then they went and they stuck idols inside of it. They knew Arafah, Mina, Muzdalifah. There was something special about this. But they went and they stuck idols there. They didn't have a lot of this kind of background and knowledge. So if you think about it, the first audience... Ahlul Kitab, the Christians and the Jews, they had some nur. They had what? They had some nur. They knew who Adam was, who Ibrahim was, who Musa was, who Isa was. They believed in the hereafter. They believed that there was revelation. They believed in the day of judgment. They had some nur. On the other side, the second audience, the Arab, the idol worshippers, the pagans, they had no nur. Zulumat. Total darkness. They didn't even think there was life after death. They thought angels were God's daughters. You know, they had no concept of any of this at all. They said, how can a man get revelation? Why would God talk to a man? So they were totally in darkness. But then look what happens. When the message from Allah comes, when the message from Allah arrives, those who had a little bit of light, they did not believe. They rejected the Prophet ﷺ. So the shaitan dragged them out of the little bit of light they had into total darkness. 
Those who were born into that darkness, who lived in that darkness, but they were willing to listen and believe, Allah pulled them out of all that darkness and into the light of Iman. And the second example of how this applies in real life is a more common example based off of that, something that we can all think about and reflect on. And I'll end and conclude on this. And that is the fact that sometimes someone might have some kind of a background. You know some things, you're, you've seen some things, you're accustomed to certain things, you have a background in certain things. There's someone else who has no background. They've never heard of the Qur'an, they've never seen a masjid, they've never heard the name Muhammad, nothing at all. But what ends up happening, it's about the sincerity of the individual. About, it's about the integrity and the honesty of the person. The person who maybe has a lot of background knowledge and information, they're not sincere. So they don't submit, they don't accept, they don't believe. And then they get dragged from the little bit of light that they came from into the darkness. But as opposed to that, someone is born without any glimmer, any ray of light or hope. But they are sincere. So when they come across the message, it, it, it falls on an open mind and an open heart. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala brings them from that darkness and into the light. And so, let's remember that it's not so much about where we're coming from, but it's more about where we're going. It's about the attitude and the mindset and the sincerity and the openness and the willingness that we approach Allah with that will really determine our fate. And remember that once we submit to Allah, this is not just a transactional relationship, this is not just even simply a relationship of master and servant and slave and owner and property, but this is a relationship of love and of friendship, and that is what we have to gain from this relationship, is the friendship of Allah, the love of Allah, the generosity of Allah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow us all to be in the light. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala always keep us in the light. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala maintain that light within our lives and within our hearts. Amin ya Rabbil Alameen. Jazakumullah khairan. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah.